we have some men come in, but there, there is no method specifically designed for women that truly can help her through all of the stages that we go through in our life as women. It's very different than what men go through. And we felt that we are already doing that. And let's just be bold and come out and really be there for her. And I think it's been a great, amazing decision that we really made. Hi there, welcome to the Business Side of Fitness podcast. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, I leverage my two decades of experience in the fitness and wellness industry to have meaningful conversations with the movers and shakers behind some of the most well-known and innovative brands in our industry. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano, LLC. To find out more about working with me, click the link in the show notes. And now the time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story and it's time to hear from this week's guest. Ship team behind PVOLVE, the low impact, high intensity method intersecting women's health, physical therapy, and fitness. Rachel Katzman is the co-founder of the brand and Julie Cartwright serves as the president. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Vanessa. We're so excited to be here with you. Agreed. I am pumped to dive into the brand and learn more about the two of you. So just to kick things off, let's start with the story of how Pevolve came to be. Oh, so Pevolve came to be, you know, really, it was a passion of mine and this style of movement completely changed my life. And I was like, okay, this is my calling. So I was, you know, early twenties and wanting to really just start to take care of myself And for me, that first step was working out. It was fitness and, you know, bouncing around the New York kind of scene of boutique gyms and studios. And I really found myself of number one, not seeing the physical results that I was after. And number two, just my body was in a lot of pain. I found out I had scoliosis and I just continued to really push through that pain to achieve those physical results that I was after. I then, you know, got introduced to the world of functional movement and really learning, you know, how to move my body in different angulations and how I could use fitness to not only sculpt and tone and define, but really nourish and strengthen and heal my body. And I quickly, you know, physically liked what I saw in the mirror. I had my confidence backed and my back pain went away my hips were open. My, you know, I could walk down the street and my ankles felt like I didn't have so much tension. I just, I felt like this better version of myself. And so I was like, wow, you know, women need an alternative way to work out. And so really I wanted to create a method that was specifically for women that was going to move your body, you know, in all different directions and angles and really working every single muscle group to open up the body while still elongating those muscles and working with resistance-based equipment to activate and strengthen every muscle while still supporting your joints. And I really feel that 
movement and fitness should give you energy. It should nourish you. And it really shouldn't be depleting you after that class. I mean, the method has evolved, which I'm sure we'll get into so much since, (laughs) you know, day one, but really my whole life changed. And I was like, I want to share this style of movement with as many women as possible. I think a lot of us listening to this conversation are probably nodding their heads saying, yeah, like so many of us subscribe to the ideology that you need to kind of smash yourself. You need to be dripping in sweat and just feel like completely exhausted after a workout. And I think a lot of women in in particular, but some men too, feel this need to kind of have a workout as a punishment for what they did, you know, as opposed to doing a workout that energizes and invigorates them and and with longevity in mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you just want to feel good. And I always say you should, it should feel good during and after. And, you know, I was, I was young. I was 23 years old. I really didn't have business experience. I didn't go to college. I was pretty street smart and I had a vision and I was, you know, hungry and I had this grit and I was like, who is going to help me bring this idea to life? And I knew I wanted a really, you know, strong female business partner, someone that I personally could learn from and through a family friend and lots of begging, I got a meeting with Julie and, you know, here we are. Yeah. Rachel does not take no for an answer, you know, at all. You know, I was 15 years her senior I was also in the fitness category for since gosh, 1999, which sort of dates me, you know, working with everybody from Billy Blanks to Leslie Sandstone to Crush to Donna Richardson to Tracy Anderson. I had fallen in love with fitness as a category, you know, very early on in my career, as early as it gets, you know, my, my first real job. And, you know, as I grew with the company, I realized just how much passion and excitement I had for the category, even as I started to evolve in that particular company, I I took over the movie division. And there was this pressure to almost like let go of the fitness, you know, category in in my, my job role. And I was like, absolutely not. That's what gets me up in the morning. And, you know, enter early 2017, Rachel had been trying to get in contact with me for about a year And finally, I'm like, this woman is not going to let up. I might as well just meet with her. And I met with her in person in January of 2017. And I know all these dates because they were so pivotal in my life, like so pivotal. And just sitting across from her and hearing her story and knowing the fitness industry and also knowing as a 40-year-old woman, you know, really like the mistakes that I had made, you know, really like damaging my body to get a physical result. And I just couldn't say anything, but yes, in that moment. I mean, I was like, this is exactly what the fitness uh, category needs. It needs, Rachel and I say this all the time. uh, It needs, you have to be able to, to have your cake and eat it too. Like you should be able to get the body that you want, but also be, be able to have like to be able to feel good and to feel good tomorrow, but also to feel good. You're going to, you're going to really care what you feel like in 10 years. So uh, as of January of 2017, I was unable to look back and it's just been a wild ride ever since. 
And how has the brand evolved since 2017 to where we are today? Yeah, I mean, we launched, we always kind of had this omni-channel approach. You know, we launched with our little studio in Chinatown, New York, and our on-demand platform and our equipment line. We launched with our hero product, the P-Ball. And we really launched with like one class category, which was more of a strength and sculpting class. And as we've grown, like me personally and us bringing on other female team members and just listening to our community, our kind of class offerings have grown. Our physical studios have grown. We're now franchising, which Julie will get into in a second. But, you know, the content piece specifically, as we started to really, you know, test and learn and listen to our members and really seeing these amazing you know, transformations they were having with this method, not only physically, but, you know, on such a bigger scale, everything from, Hey, I'm jumping on my trampoline with my kids and I'm not peeing my pants. (laughs) Like I can pick up my kids and I'm not hurting my low back. I can hike better. I can run around with my grandkids, all of these really, you know, important kind of benefits that you don't maybe necessarily initially think about when you're coming in to take a class. But the reason that you're staying here, you know, we were like, okay, fitness and your workout can and should mean so much more than just a lifted butt and a toned stomach and sculpted arms. And how, what other experts do we need to bring on, you know, everything from doctors to other certified trainers to help us really, you know, create specific pieces of content that can be by a woman's side, you know, from menstruation all the way up to menopause. So now we have, you know, programs for your cycle, how to work out during your period, pelvic floor strengthening, pelvic floor releasing. We're launching menopause in a couple of weeks, lower back strengthening, hip release. So kind of that just breath of, Hey, if I'm feeling really good today, I can take a sculpting class. If maybe I slept weird, I'm going to do a shoulder release, or maybe I want to work on some knee sensitivity. So really making sure that we have something for every woman, no matter what she is going through at that time. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that I would add there is that Rachel and I are incredibly ambitious, you know, and I think that the vision from the very beginning was not just about, okay, let's just put together an on-demand platform that our members globally, it was, it was so much bigger than that. We knew that we wanted to have uh, in-person and on-demand, which was a difficult conversation with our investor at the time. He's like, you want to do what? And we knew that we needed to meet really that woman wherever she was. So that was in the business plan from a very like early start. I think that in addition to, you know, we started to to hire on, you know, doctors for our board in, in early 2019. And we also got into numerous clinical studies at the time because we were so we knew that this functional movement, you know, method could do such profound things. So we wanted to prove it. And so, you know, we, we absolutely got into those clinical studies and have been able to prove out that this method actually can help you to reduce lower back pain. We're in clinical studies around, you know, healthy aging. The pelvic floor work, I think was progressive. We worked with a physical therapist that specializes in pelvic floor and it's, it's pretty amazing how many women are dealing with that issue 
And they don't realize that you've got so much more power yourself, you know, in terms of being able to get yourself out of pain. You know, it can hurt when you're having sex or that you're peeing. And it's and it's within sort of your control if you really understand how to move your body. So sometimes our ambitions have been like, you guys need to have some focus. But Rachel and I are are pretty unapologetic about, you know, the, the fact that we had this massive vision and we weren't really willing to like sort of stop with just this like on-demand platform. We know that we needed so much more. I love that. I think so many women resonate with the message and the things that you're talking about as a woman in my forties, I definitely do. At what point did you decide that you were going to exclusively focus on women? Was that from the get-go? Cause I think that is a big decision to make. And I think, you know, we always hear the conversation or the cliche that the riches are in the niches, but I think a lot of people are really scared to make those bold decisions because they think about what they're, you know, what are we leaving on the table? Wait, we're leaving out this whole other gender. Shouldn't we just try to appeal to everyone, which isn't necessarily the right way to go, but I just love to hear how you arrived at that decision. I mean, I think we've always been for women, but we haven't really like put, you know, our stake in the ground. And I think from the beginning, that's who we were really going after. That's who we are marketing to. That's who we are talking to. And God, Julie, what was that? Was that 2020? I want to say where we were really having a lot of these, was it 2020? We are having a lot of these conversations. You know, we had a lot of new team members come on and, you know, it, a lot of offsites and long meetings of like, okay, like exactly what you just said, Vanessa. So if we come out and say that, are we, you know, leaving all of this on the table? And it's kind of like, you can be, what is it? You can be all things to everybody, but then you're nothing to no one that I totally botched that, but you know what (laughs) I'm trying to say that, that term. And we were like, no, like our member base is women. Like, yeah, we have men, we have some men come in, but there, there is no method specifically designed for women that truly can help her through all of the stages that we go through in our life as women. It's very different than what men go through. And we felt that we are already doing that. And let's just be bold and come out and really be there for her. And I think it's been a great, amazing decision that we really made. It's not one that we do not get challenged on. I, I, I think we get challenged on it weekly. Don't you, Rachel? Whether yeah. it's from a partner, whether it's from, you know, internally. It's just like, what are you doing? You know, we're, we're really cutting this other audience off. And I'm like, no, we're serving this audience better. You know, I talk about our ambition and sometimes people can say, you know what, where's your focus? It's like, we're going to really focus. We know that functional movement and the way that we're working with our clinical board, we can deliver programming and content that can be profound in that woman's life from the time she enters menstruation to post-menopause. So let's focus the programming that's going to matter most to her. And then the rest will follow. You know, I, we absolutely can help you with your golf game, with your, your tennis, you know, a lot of men get amazing results from this, but we really wanted to have a lot of focus around our content as related to women. Cause we knew as women that we're being underserved in the market. 
Well, as a marketer, I know that when you're clear about who your ideal client is, it it comes through in your messaging and it and it resonates with people and it's easier to make a sale or to under you know have somebody resonate with your brand message. So, but I know that's a difficult decision to make, so I give you both a lot of credit for sticking with that decision and making that bold decision. Just as you've become more clear on who your client is and you've really put that stake in the ground, so to speak, how would you describe how the client has evolved? Are you seeing that you're getting people from a wider, uh, women from a wider uh, age range, or have you seen that client evolve at all? Yeah, I guess I'll take that. What's interesting is that Rachel and I, we're talking to the member on a regular basis where I have a studio here in Chicago. So I obviously see a number of clients in person. I live in Chicago. And then we also have a member come on every single week in front of our entire company and we interview them. And they're either from the studio or they're an on-demand member or they're a hybrid member that that, that does both because we've got a large percentage of our member base that that actually has a studio in their backyard too. And I think that there is a commonality that we see in their story. Their story is that they are looking for some form of physical results initially. You know, they, they want to come in and that 25 to 55 minutes that they're spending working on themselves, they they, they want to feel the burn. They want to feel like they're there for a reason. And you're going to get all of that. I think that what we find in every single, and we, we record them and we watch them again and again, it's like our favorite part of the week. But I think that what we see is, is that they know that they need to be gentle to their body. They know that they need to care about their joints and the impact. They, they, they realize that there's a power to feeling good, that they don't want to leave their workout depleted. So I don't know that we've seen a huge expansion because we've always had a 25 to, and this is going to sound crazy, but we definitely have members and Rachel and I talked to them that are in their sixties, but these are actively inclined women that care about how they're going to feel tomorrow because they want to live the very, very best life. So it's, it's been, I mean, I don't know that it's changed since we stuck the 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 you know flag in the sand. I think it's more about we have more confidence sticking the flag in the ground because of the members' stories. That's how I would sort of answer that. I think your clinical advisory board makes a lot of sense, but I'd love to learn kind of your thought process behind creating this advisory board. Obviously, when you are working with clinicians and people with a certain medical background, I think it just adds legitimacy to the program. Whereas in the fitness industry, we're not often seen seen as legitimate. And often there's a huge disconnect between the medical world and the fitness world. So I just love to understand a little bit about at what point did you know that this was the right move? How did you go about assembling the board and how does it work? Yeah. So we, we have, you know, our doctor of physical therapy who specializes in pelvic health. And then we have our OBGYN and we have a doctor of physiology. I think that's Dr. Nima's title, right, Julia? And the way that we work with our board is really, you know, I think it's, it's really important for these doctors to also be actively inclined, right? They uh, love to work out and they also do the method. So they really can collaborate with us. You know, 
everything from when we created phase and function, which is our cycle seeking program to really make sure, you know, that all of those workouts that we were prescribing in kind of each phase were, you know, aligning with what the doctor would really be telling their patient if they were in their office, everything from helping us look over moves and make sure that our form is right or coming up with new moves and, and really, you know, standing by our trainer side, working on our, you know, a hundred hour training program that there really is blocks that our doctors kind of come up with. And it's, it's really been so amazing that we have access to these incredible doctors. You know, even Dr. Amy will prescribe the pelvic floor workouts to her patients in office as a part of their, you know, care. Yeah. And I think that Vanessa, to answer your question about how, and that decision, it actually wasn't necessarily initially made by us. Dr. Amy, who is, I've known for a very long time, she, you know, really looked into PVOLV. She understood what her patient's needs were. Being a pelvic floor physical therapist is, is probably an incredibly interesting day-to-day um, because her, her patients are coming in for a wide variety of things, everything from incontinence to, to really painful sex to, I mean, these are like debilitating things for these women. And I remember in 2019, she called me, I was on a plane on the way to New York and she said, you have no idea what you're doing here, Julie. Like I've got to be involved because I, my patients need this and nobody is doing this. And it's such a smart way to think about movement and fitness. And so she was really the first person to become a board member. And it was so organic. And, and honestly, it added a lot of credibility to what it is that we're doing I think Dr. Nima has a very similar story too, where we knew that we wanted to grow our board. We knew how profound it was when a doctor and our, and our, you know, really certified trainers could work together and the outcomes that our members were getting, these outcomes will make you cry. I mean, everything from endometriosis, like feeling good for the first time we've got an endometriosis, you know, program to pelvic floor to really under these, these members understanding their body and, you know, Dr. Nima, he actually is from the UK and the UK is a bit more progressive in terms of doctors really prescribing over-the-counter solutions to their patients because the entire purpose is to keep them out of the doctor's office. So Dr. Nima was like, I have to be a part of this. You know, I really believe in this and let's get you into some clinical studies about how moving your body the right way. I mean, he had basically gotten his entire PhD in this, but he was like moving your body the right way can actually add years to your life. I mean, this is what I want to do. So it's, it's, it's so fun talking to these doctors. We're actually about to, to add two more doctors to our, our board, you know, really, again, really centered around women's health, but when we're able to sort of share what it is that we're doing, they really want to be a part of it because they're passionate about their craft, about helping people, about breaking down barriers. And I don't know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily a decision we made, but it was a it was something that that absolutely could not be avoided and we're so proud of. Just listening to you talk, it just 
reminds me of, it reconnects me with my why just all all of us in the fitness industry, right? We're not selling fitness plans. We're not selling franchises. We're selling results. We're selling this lifestyle and impacting somebody's life on a daily basis. And sometimes, you know, we can get caught up in the P&Ls and all these things. And then you hear these stories and it just reconnects you back to the purpose. And so I love that, you know, I love that mission that that you ladies are on. And so when you were thinking about expanding the Pvolve brand, why was franchising the right decision for you? So you Julie, want- I'm going to have to let you take that because that was you. I will say before Julie answers that, we had one studio in New York, which I, you know, was running for a little bit prior to Julie. And when Julie came on, Julie's like, we're opening up Chicago. We're going to open up LA. And I was like, no, no. Like originally I was like, no, I do not want to do more studios. Cause that is a whole nother business within the business. Right. And like, we have so many different business, you know, sectors within people. And she, it was a lot of convincing. And now like, I am so obsessed with the studios they are so important. And I, I fully understand, you know, her pushing me so hard to get me over that hump at the beginning and same with franchises. I was like, Julie, you want to, what we're trying to, and she's like, I'm telling you. And I think that that is what also is so great between us is that we, you know, push each other and we'll have those tough conversations and fight for what we each believe in. But I'm obsessed with franchising now, but Julie, I feel like this is, this is all you, man. Maybe I was different than you, Rachel. I needed some accountability partners, you know, and I knew the the power of community in person and, and digitally at the time. And I just did not feel that you could build a, a fitness movement without having in-person locations, especially when you're new to market. We've got completely different moves. We've got captive pieces of equipment that people have not seen. I, I wanted there to be physical locations. We we opened three because we knew that we needed to prove out the model, but we had never intended to open more than three or four. We have one in LA, one in New York, one in Chicago. Maybe I was like a little um, biased about Chicago, but it's been a great you know decision. And in 2019, we decided, okay, we're going to open those, but we're going to franchise. And the reason that we uh, really felt franchising was the right solution was because we knew, I think, I think Vanessa, you just said it. We've got this crazy passion. You can feel it. We, we believe in what we're doing. We're not, the investor may not be happy to hear this, but like, we're not thinking about like, oh God, the PL, the PL. We're like, what, what do we need to do to really educate a larger population on how powerful functional movement can be. And we believe that as owners, you need to be passionate about it. And if you're a franchisee and a business owner of your own location, we think you're going to be more successful than, you know, a hundred owned and operated that is run by, you know, different studio managers. So, and again, I think it comes back to female entrepreneurs. We believe in in her and that's what we found. We've sold 10 franchises already, which is huge for our size. We're going to be opening in, we've got quite a few locations in San Diego, Austin, Nashville. We've even um, sold Victoria, Canada. 
and we've got an aggressive, you know, roadmap ahead of just interested female entrepreneurs. And that passion is a consistent part of these franchisees. They come in, they need our team, and we basically are in business. And, and we're just seeing how that that's just incredibly important. So we wanted to scale and grow quickly. And that's what we did and learning all the way. And I think, you know, even just watching our own studios and the group of trainers and the community of all the members there, that has really, I'm like, okay, like I'm so excited now for these to open up everywhere. And just definitely, you know, for me at the beginning was maybe a little scary of like, we're not going to own that. What do you mean? Like someone else is you know, going to come in, but meeting, you know, these franchisee owners, like badass women who just mm-hmm. are so passionate, like right alongside me and Julie, like, yes, yes. What about this? Like, I'm just, I'm so excited for, for this kind of new chapter of P-Vault to, to open up. And it's been such an unbelievable learning experience, you know, for me as well. Rachel, I, you know, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs feel the way that you originally felt, right? That's your baby, your brand that you created and to give somebody else the torch to carry on can be really hard for a lot of people. Um, but having the courage to push through that and, you know, it, it, it does allow you to expand a lot faster and have a bigger footprint than, than you would otherwise be able to do. So I give you a lot of credit for taking that chance because in business, we have to take risks, right? Calculated risks, but it's still like sometimes like that emotional connection to a business emotions aren't logical, right? So it's (laughs) like, that's my baby. I don't want to let her go. Um, So there's so many fitness franchises out there, right? That's just a fact. And so what differentiates P-Volve and and, and owning a P-Volve franchise from some of these other fitness franchises that are out there? I think think the biggest thing that we've actually heard from our franchisee candidates is just the amount of, of care and support and that we're offering, you know, and that may sound cliche, but it's, it's the absolute truth. We actually care about each and every one of them. And I think though, that the bigger thing is really around our model. We have a, we have a hybrid model um, where the franchisee is a part of the growth of our digital subscribers in their area, as well as obviously the studio members, the membership that you purchase in studio also includes all access to, you know, thousands of of videos on our on-demand platform. Um, So there's a lot of value there. We're also in a, in a pretty, we're a category of one in the functional movement space right now. So it's not like opening up a bar method down the street from a barcode or a, a pure bar down the street from another Pilates, you know, studio. So I think that there's this differentiator that is really speaking or, or spoke volumes to our, our franchisees. Those are some of the things that I think are really like resonating right now, but I'll tell you that they're just like blown away by the amount of, I hate to use this word, like corporate support that we have because we're a global brand that is, you know, multifaceted. I think also on that is just from like a method standpoint, you know, they're really, I think what makes this method so like beautiful and magical is that 
it's so scalable. You know, I can scale it way down or I can scale it way up. You know, I can, I do it. My mom and her friends do it. Like it, it, even though, you know, it's for women that, that age range is very broad. So I think when I do go into the studio, like there's so many girls who bring their aunt or bring their mom. And it really, there's, you kind of can walk in at any entry point, you know, that you are at in your fitness journey where, you know, when my mom and her friends wanted to start working out, they were too scared maybe to go to some high intensity classes or a boot camp or, you know, because they were older and they were, didn't want to get injured. And so I think it really is exciting that, that this can be for all, women of all different ages and kind of different fitness levels. So sometimes from an outsider perspective, you're, you're looking at a business, you're looking at social media, the website, everything looks shiny and new and wonderful. But those of us that have raised business babies on the back end, we know that there are sometimes these twists and turns that happen, right? So what are some of the hard lessons that you've had to learn in the last several years that you kind of look back and you're like, okay, I got through that. And now that helped us, but you know, that wasn't fun at the time. Oh, I mean, we're learning lessons every day. We've learned a lot of lessons. I think the two that I would probably point out, the team that you have internally is so critically important, the team and the culture, because they, they're, they're like so tied together. I think we've made some mistakes because there's a lot that Rachel and I didn't know. I might've come from 15 years of, of fitness, but I had not started a franchise business before. I had not uh, run an entire company before. And so I think that there were times where we wanted to bring in people. Oh yeah, they had done that for 20 years. They're going to be so great here. And they were a cultural disaster. So we put a lot into our our team and our culture. And I think it shows if, if you talk to any of our team members now. So that's one big lesson. It's, it's, and it's something Vanessa, that I'm constantly working on. You know, I'm constantly saying, all right, that work that, that we had that got us here isn't necessarily the organization structure that's going to get us there. And that's very hard. And it's, it's, those are challenging conversations, but we have to be able to make those decisions. I think the second thing that we learned is I think we would have invested more early on in technology versus marketing. We, we knew we had a great product, meaning the method that would deliver results, but we were delivering on a technology, right? So, I mean, it was a global on-demand platform. And I think we would have spent a little bit more time and investment on getting that right, which we're doing right now versus, you know, like marketing it and, and really getting members in to not have the most flawless, seamless experience with the technology. So, those are just two, but we've learned hundreds of, of lessons and still do. Rachel, what about you? I think, you know, really having to learn every aspect of the business. I think, you know, as we've grown, right. And the, the demands and the needs of the company have grown, like Julie said, bringing in those kind of subject matter experts, you know, just because they're an expert in that field, you know, you still have to learn everything about that area. So, you know, can I speak a hundred percent to the, you know, whole product team and technology team? No, but I need to 
understand enough and ask enough questions about our tech stack and all these words that I had to learn, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm not a subject matter expert in technology, but I'm a critical thinker. And I need to be able to understand that area of the business to be able to critically think, to, you know, go over the priority list, to make the best decisions of maybe what features or what items we should do first, second, third, that's really going to enhance the rest of the business and push us forward and growth. And I think that, you know, early on, it was easier to maybe not dive in and really look under and want to ask all those questions and just, oh, they know what they're doing. Let's go with them. And I think sometimes you have to go through that, you know, making some wrong decisions and, you know, costing you a little bit of time and money to really, you know, learn, learn those valuable lessons. Those are great points. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we have to remind ourselves that nobody knows everything. Nobody yeah. has all the answers. And when we're open to just continuing to learn and we realize that, hey, the learning process is never going to end, right? This is all a moving target. Once you achieve that thing you've been dying to achieve, then you're going to have some other goal that you're going to be chasing after. So what's next for you ladies and for Pvolve in the future? Where are you heading? Ambition. We, we're definitely, we've got an aggressive growth plan for franchising. We want to have about 250 sold by 2025. So you can, you can imagine how we're going to start to scale that. I think that we are, as I mentioned, we're, we're investing a lot in technology right now. We want to make sure that our member is having a seamless, unbelievable, unbelievable experience, you know, really with the platform because we have such customized amazing programming that you wouldn't really expect from a fitness method. We want to make sure that the onboarding is as good as it gets so that Vanessa, you can get exactly where you need to go. But Rachel gets to what she needs to, to really start with based on her, based on her needs and her wants. So technology is a really, really big part of what we're doing. Again, we're adding to our clinical board. We're continuing to invest in clinical studies. I think another thing that Rachel and I, as a matter of fact, that that's our next meeting, we're also looking to really strategically partner with other women-owned healthcare disruptors. And we're in a lot of conversations with, you know, really large-scale businesses of how we can complement, you know, their offering of, of really like democratizing, you know, access to healthcare options that can really help you in the future. So we're spending a lot of time there too, but I mean, we have so much ahead that we're so excited about. Well, it's been so great learning all about Pvolve and and learning about your backgrounds. If somebody's listening to this, they want to connect with you or learn more about Pvolve, how can they do that? So you can go to at Pvolve on all social handles, pvolve.com. I am at rcatsman on Instagram. And yeah, we look forward to connecting. Perfect. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If it brought you value, please subscribe, review, and share the Business Side of Fitness podcast. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.